Welcome back to What Have You. This is Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And here we are, sitting at an overlook of Moscow. <laughs> yeah, a different overlook this time. Yeah. Also, there I'm is feeling a... so smug that we keep doing this. Like, yeah, we, good we job actually, us. once what a is week, this? we've is managed to do Is this a stink it. bug or a cricket that's doing this with us on the windshield? I don't know. It's hard to see from the inside. <laughs> well, the there's diagnosis a, there is a the bug that rode, but it <laughs> rode across town with us on the windshield, and it is here for the podcast. It's it here. is going to help us out. So, what have you been up to, Becca? Oh, so many things, actually, and then I'm about to hit another so many things in a minute. <laughs> I'm, uh, ben and I just got back last night. That's my doctor. Oh, you're right. I'm drinking um, other people's drinks. We're doing, and we're doing ice drinks today, so that weird rattling noise you hear in the background. That's and this is, the, this is my straw. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you can oh. categorize that. I don't later. want you to worry when you hear these noises. <laughs> All right. So, you and anyway, Ben were in California. We were in California with the Wilsons. We, um, Nate was just released from the hospital like two days ago. So Ben and I were there for one day while he was in the hospital. And then we helped get him packed up and across town to a little beach house where he's just supposed to recover, you know, learn how to balance again, learn how to walk really. Learn how to try to not throw up and be able to eat things. It's going to be rough. It's, he's doing awesome. And God was very kind in that surgery and it's just there's a lot of blessings, but it's gonna be a long, it's gonna be a long recover, I think. But anyway, so we left him last night. Ben and I came back, and um, yeah, and I'm taking a real hairpin turn because I am speaking at a ladies' conference tomorrow, and then I have one day, and then I have the president's dinner, the New St. Andrews president's dinner on Wednesday. Becca and likes I'm to doing keep too things. many things. She for that. likes to keep it at a nice slow, easy, you know, those, you know, those blog posts that people write about just say no to all of your commitments. That's what she does. She's <laughs> like, she's like, just say no to sewing and designing, you know, all those like table runners, you know, all the sort of Instagrammy pictures of like, here I am with my coffee. I choose me having a quiet time on the deck. Toenails. I'm on the deck choosing me right now. I got now. my feet up and I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, you know, breathing. Yeah, yeah, that's not how my life be is still, going. Be still, be still, and <laughs> and reflect on everything. No, that's not the way. It's no, so way. I have to. Um, actually, it's not the cowboy I way, and it's not the Merkel way either. Sewing to get done before Wednesday, and some centerpiece action that I can't even describe because even in my head, I'm not totally sure how it's working. But it involves plaster. Really? <sighs> yes. I'm not. I'd even like. Try. I'd like the audience to know that. <laughs> <laughs> that I sometimes counsel wiser approaches. Sometimes, sometimes. I think I'm a 50-50 friend on that. I think half the time I'm like, oh, you shouldn't do that. That would be too much work and it will kill you and it will be sad at the last minute. It will be so stressful. And then the other half of the time I'm like, you know what you ought to do, Beck. <laughs> but I know. And so, back this up and why don't you make that? I know. Well, I'm trying. Why don't you something. mine the clay that you... <laughs> That you then I know. threw the thing there's and glazed no, it and then crush it and then make a mosaic table. There's, there's no porcelain this year, but there is plaster. Um, mm-hmm. So. Should be good. I will. I if it turns it. out, I'll post a picture and I'll be like, see, that's the plaster thing I reflected upon okay. in the podcast. Good. Anyway, so that's coming at me on Wednesday. And oh, you know what else, though? I thought I should say this because 
the dress that I talked about last week for my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't ever say what it was that they were doing, but I thought we should talk about this because it's oh, actually yeah. quite awesome. So, Logos School, actually, our mom started this. That's funny. Back when we were in high school, this was. <laughs> Did not... you just now remember that? <laughs> yeah, mom's the one who kicked funny. this off back when we were in high school. But Logos doesn't do prom. And, um, oh, Oops. we didn't turn off the ringers. But I like that that was both of us and mom group texted us during it. together. All right. Anyway, um, so they do a dinner called the Protocol Dinner, and they have um, a series of training sessions basically in advance where they go over basic etiquette, like how to behave Mm -hmm. at a formal event and which fork to use and how to introduce yourself, the art of small talk, how to get a girl's coat on her and pull her seat back and when to stand up, whether to put your napkin on the table or on your lap or or on the chair when you're going to the bathroom. You know, just making conversation at the table. I remember back when I was in high school, we would have that open house like hors d'oeuvres where they had after the week of training, they would have like the mayor and people there that like city council. So all the high school kids would need to like introduce themselves and have and talk basically a cocktail party without the cocktails yes and then <laughs> and talk and, then, and so after the training they get dressed up yeah. and they go do it so the freshmen and sophomores do it earlier in the year and they do kind of semi-formal mm-hmm. and then the upper group the juniors and seniors do one and it's a little more formal so they're supposed to wear more like a gown type thing so right. anyway and I have to say that has stood me in good stead over the years. Just, just the basic stuff of I think knowing of it a how lot. to yeah. behave is, and it's just using your silverware from the outside yeah, to the inside, and, your way through it. knowing how to set a table, like yeah, how the table and ought how to, go. to pick up your how to how to do your knife and your fork transfers and things. Yes, yeah, it's where just to, a lot of where that. to put them on mm-hmm. your plate to signal that you're done, and yeah, just lots of lots of basic things beyond don't chew with your mouth open, you know. Yes. Um, and so, anyhow, that's what that flurry of excitement that's was last was week. Do you know what I did this week? I thought it was one week? of my better moments. And Well, it was just funny. It was a good time. I did a massive bread baking day in which, so the leaven that I use makes four loaves. Like, one batch makes four loaves. So, I needed more than eight. Mm-hmm. So, I had to go to 12. Okay. That was a little more than I needed. But it was like 4, 8, or 12. I just did 12. So right as I get the whole runway lined up of 12 loaves of bread. Big then, loaves, too, I must say. These are yeah, not... Yes. And right as I get them all and I am preheating the oven, the power goes out. We had like a little storm and the Were power went out. Were you going to just bake them all 12 in a row? I was going to bake like the first... The whole first fleet I was going to bake. And okay. then... The some of them had not made it to the the end had yeah, not made it to the really shaping time yet. That. Yeah, it was the first time I've tried doing that many at one yeah. time, and I was there was there were already a few questions before we had a sudden thunderstorm and the power went out. <laughs> <laughs> so then I'm looking at this long line of twelve loaves that are like they need to start baking now. Like we really yeah. we can't leave this like this for this long. So. I, it was funny. It added a little flair. The other problem is that because because I was doing so many, I had to use like uh, dishes and things that I didn't really. They weren't first pick. Right. Right. So some of the bowls were like a little bit smaller than they really should have been. Oh. Like they were a little bit narrower. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's okay. But I was not. I was not thinking in 
terms of let's let these overrise by quite a bit. <laughs> so once they all started doing that, so then we quickly tried to shuffle them all into the fridge, but you know, the fridge isn't working either. So by the time you get like 12 of them in the fridge, you know, you're like jury rigging all these bowls and mm -hmm. things in there. And then, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was pretty funny. It well, the like, power outage. We but then, were... but then I baked them, and even though I've really improved my shaping technique, you would never know it because they <laughs> all overrose. So they taste really good still. They just behaved yeah. a little wonky That's in funny. the. Yeah. Well, we were in California during the great power outage, but I was getting lots of texts from my kids because they had a ball for the school that night, and. Um, my my girls had showered, and then the power went out. <laughs> like, and so they're texting I'm going like, Mom, with wet hair. it's dark, and I can't even see anything, and, <laughs> and I don't have a hair dryer and a curling iron. And so anyway, that's hilarious. Right it now. was, and it was out. In, a long time. in Moscow, I think 12,000 people were without power for like four and a half hours or something. Yeah, it, it was, was not a, a brief thing. No, it was actually a really wild little storm that did some but it was funny it was like ah perfect, perfect. it's never convenient one thing i love to do is have endless amounts of dough <laughs> with no destination <laughs> and i couldn't even i was like wait we looked it up on a vista like his mom and dad's house you know do that because they are out of town with the wilson kids but i was like maybe their ovens are yeah. working but no their power was out too everybody's barbecue you could have barbecued it we're probably out of propane. It's been so cold. So that was my excitement. I was like, good job. Yeah, me. And also, real. and also this is, this is a little secret problem of mine. No longer a secret, but I, so we, we've been married coming in on 15, 14 years, coming in on 14 years, which is coming in on 15, any minute, 14 years. <laughs> okay. And I remember we're 20 this month, right? Oh, it's awesome. I remember trying to talk my husband I was like I think we need to buy a floor loom with like <laughs> with, uh, this is like in our first apartment yeah but remember our tiny what apartment. I did in our first apartment you that did I the uh, wall hanging of a floor loom but that but see Ben got right in there with you did. that Ben got Luke's in it like I don't think we need to buy a floor loom but I'm like just think of the money we'll save on <laughs> placemats <laughs> Because you know, You're laying over, out our, over our lifetime, we were for sure going to be spending this so many much thousands money. of dollars on place. <laughs> That's when placements oh, were more of a thing. I was like, well, if you loop in our expenditure <laughs> on rag rugs. <laughs> oh, whatever. And what you really need is a handcrafted dish towel <laughs> oh, to save oh. money. Just wait. Just wait. No, I know. I Do know. you know what this story is building up to? <laughs> so, uh, but I was like, I need a floor loom. It's just a thing I've been needing since the since the time I became. Well, mom had one when we were little. Yeah, she did. And she sold it at a yard sale, I think. So somebody got that thing before I came of age. <laughs> and uh but I've always wanted one. I mean like I'm like that's just a thing. And I have yeah. a bench for a loom already that's in my knitting room in my little yarn cellar. Like yep, just um, the to bench. sit upon. Yeah. It's a Well you've got the bench. You kinda of need be, to most complete of, your set. Now. I'm most of the way there. <laughs> the bench the bench has like an angled top, so it's like when you're sitting you're kind of 
you're oh. it leans you towards something that you're working on. It's not so it's better for posture. It's like a interesting it's a unique bench. It's an ergonomic loom bench. I guess it's it's just a wood bench with a mangled top. But yes. Anyways, I I have wanted a loom for a long time. So then years ago I jumped on in and bought the Ashford knitters and like a tabletop loom. That's a it's like a twenty four inch, I think. Might be a little bit bigger than that, thirty inch, something, something in there. Um, and I was like, I'll, For all I'll your just placement needs. Yeah, never made a placement on that thing, but <laughs> but I was like, I just love the concept of weaving. So this is a thing. Me too. So I I I have done some things on that scarves, whatever. But the thing, the thing that I am perennially into is dish towels. I have a major spot in my heart that is dedicated to dish towels. Sure. Like, I love them in a weird way. I'm just saying, Rach, a hand-loomed dish towel is a piece of, you know, that's that's. A, have you not been paying attention to my life? Because I'm just saying to you I that was that is given... not in the same league as a Walmart dish towel. No, it's not. I was given four for our wedding that I have been using, these red and white ones that somebody wove, one of Luke's family's friends. And they're beautiful, these beautiful. And I've been using them for 14 years, and they look like the same way that they looked <laughs> at the beginning. And the, the colors have not faded. They're just, like, really lovely. And so this has been a thing that I have always wanted. So I wove one on my Ashford Knitter's Loom. You did? Yeah, years ago. I made one oh, out of, like, right. the peaches and cream stuff because I had a oh, bigger. Yeah. Well, then I went through a lot of negotiations to get a heddle. I had some trouble with that, but getting that, it's a rigid heddle loom, so the, I got one that is with the actual, whatever they are, closer together, so the um, um, dent, is, that, is it dense? The dent is the thing that you actually thread the, okay. I think, I might, be, I might be screwing up my yarn, my loom terminology. However, I finally got one that's the right dense per inch so okay. that you could weave tighter with smaller cotton yarn. Right. Okay. To make a better, like a tea towel. I'm with you. But every time I go to order the 10-2 cotton for them, I get sidetracked by all of the colors. I'm like, I probably need like 45 colors to make a dish towel. That's so funny because you know me, I'd be there with two colors. Blue no, it's just, it's just that you feel Full like, well, stop. if I'm going to do it, I need to make sure I have enough. All right. So I go through, I, I finally... Uh, and then what happens immediately after that is I start seeing drafting patterns for other for other dishcloths. Sure. And then I have to go back and be like, "Look, we need to buy a floor loom." This is this is me <laughs> googling and searching for like hydraulic presses. Yes, yes. Because we've got <laughs> to make some I cement need tiles. To make yeah. my own cement tile. That's gonna need to and happen. I know exactly how it should go, and I have to finish my kitchen remodel, which involves tile. But I can't do that unless I make my own tile, which but is gonna. Why mean don't I have a hydraulic a press? Hydraulic press. Yes. So this is it is the same thing. But the big breakthrough is that I ordered. I ordered the cotton. Congrats. Babe. Yeah, I made it through. And you don't understand how long this has been coming that I keep thinking. Just wait for this dish towel, everyone. Guys, it's going to blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a big believer in letting your ideas die with dignity. If you think you can do something, well, you have to try it. Because the then thing. you'll know. Maybe you can't do it. And you should know that I'll it was a bad idea. That when I was, like, in the first year of our marriage, I felt like... No, it's all started with a placemat. Somebody gave us some placemats that I really started liked. with a placemat. And they were like a cotton 
string almost like a heavy string um was um was one direction of the weaving and the other one was rags like it was like a rag thing and it was really pretty like indigo blue cotton rags and then this you know like cream color string it sounds ugly but it was actually really cute and i thought to myself Mm -hmm. that would be awesome as a rug and of course, I couldn't find any rug yeah. that way, and I had no money anyway. If I had, You're so, like, but doesn't Ben have a few undershirts? So I was like, but need. here's what I could do. <laughs> so then I dreamed up, channeling back to my potholder yarn or potholder looms of yore. Also, I had a Fisher Price loom that I made many scarves on when I was a kid. So I felt like I had that handled. So I was like, Ben, in our hall. We're not, just, we're not using our hall anyway. And so he, put, he, I talked him into this, putting, hanging a two by four up at the ceiling and a two by four down on the floor with like nine kajillion nails running across mm-hmm. it. And then I strung that puppy up with the string. And then I had a lot of like muslin randomly that I dyed indigo mm-hmm. then i had to keep going and buying more and muslin. more oh yeah more because you need more muslin, muslin than moscow then, has yeah and then dyeing <laughs> it all batch by batch into indigo and then ripping it into strips and if i, I recall no did no did you not so make I, it about like it was like it was like nine wide. it was like a 10 foot by 10 foot so it started like with me sitting oh, on the like, floor i'm just gonna pull this thing in the washing machine <laughs> No, I wanted it like like the size of our room, like a bedroom, you know. Like I know I'm yeah. So I I am sitting on the floor, scooching, scooching, scooching with my rags until then. Finally, at the end, like nine months later, I'm standing on a chair, twiddling it through, and then get off the chair, scoot the chair, get up, weave it through. It was all going great until <laughs> <laughs> until we took it off the wall, and it immediately flopped down to like the size of a pot holder. <laughs> and then finally, like, it probably weighed like, like sixty pounds. And it was like loose and saggy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's would, what I meant is that it would probably have tightened right I up in the washing it. machine but ain't no way I tried it under a bed and it didn't even <laughs> stick out <laughs> <laughs> the peekaboo rock <laughs> I think it came out like maybe like a little a coaster. <laughs> <laughs> like six to eight inches <laughs> and underneath it's like this oh, rumply, rumply thing. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm just saying that I didn't let that one die with die with dignity. I just took it out to the dumpster. <laughs> no, I think what I meant about let your idea die with dignity is that That's if so you funny. hadn't done that at that time, you would still think, I would still think that at any given yeah. moment I could just whip <laughs> off with an area rug yeah. on the wall. And you actually, you guys, actually, guys, you can't. I'm just here to tell you <laughs> in case you thought you could. <laughs> Oh, so oh, Rebecca has gone before us 
to figure that out. <laughs> I've charted that part of the of the map, and you can't well, go there. I think the actual truth is that you probably can. Well, do you it. just have to have a. But loom. you have to actually be able to develop some tension and have a beater bar the, yeah, because the loom can't it's be. It's gonna go nowhere without a beater bar. Two by fours and nails. Yeah. No, mm. you have to have it be a little. You're more. gonna need to do something a little more hardcore than that. <laughs> so maybe you should fire up another one. Maybe. Listen, yeah. Maybe. Oh man, back times. But I do I sometimes I talk to people who are like have had this idea <laughs> that their confident would work for like twenty years. And I'm like, see, you don't know. Yeah, like you bust don't that know. Out. Check if it, out. it was a good idea, do the thing already. Mm-hmm. And if it was a bad idea, at least find out and quit telling everyone. <laughs> So you had a great idea. Oh, my word. Well, anyways, we should talk about something else. Um, No, this is it. So last week, we talked about women being big enough kids to take rebukes. Yes, and actually, we fired that podcast out and wondered to ourselves later. Like, was it a bit crisp? Were we a little bit (laughs) reckless? Or just rebuke it up. Rebuke everyone. (laughs) Take it. Like, was everybody going to get their feelings hurt? Did just it seem like it? If they did, it. they're no longer listeners. So no, they're... but we got actually, there's a lot of good feedback about that one. Yeah. So, so we thought thing, maybe we should talk about that some more. Yes, but more, I wanted to clarify that we were talking about, we were talking about specific rebuke last week mostly. Yeah. But I want, we wanted to talk about an angle of it that is more conviction, what it means to be convicted yeah. and how to deal with that. Because, um, sometimes I think some of the most rebuking feeling things that have happened to me yeah. was not someone actually coming over to rebuke you. No, it's a Bible verse convicted. that you read. It is something your husband mentions. Maybe you yeah. ought to look, suddenly, see at this. Suddenly you just notice yourself. You see doing. something, you see a parallel behavior. Like when you're a mother, I think it is not uncommon to be annoyed with things that your kids are doing that you're actually doing. Like so sometimes your ugly voice? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, kids, why are you talking so bossy to one another? What is your problem? And you're like, I wonder where you learned this tone of voice. Who yeah. could have done this for you? So I basically that kind of thing. Or if it sometimes it is, you know, reading something else, maybe it's in a sermon, maybe it's, you know, when someone shares something that they were convicted by and you feel like, oh my word, they're like 12 miles ahead of me yeah. on that spiritual road right. and they're like fine tuning something yeah. that you're like, oh, I had not oh, yeah. thought of that. This oh, yeah. is really embarrassing. Um, yeah, so it basically, doesn't be, it doesn't have to be like someone saying, dear Rachel. Yeah. You're in sin about X, you know, no. confess now. Or... No, it might just be, honestly, sometimes it's just seeing somebody else's obedience in something where you just go, oh, dang. Yeah. Like, whoops. Look at that. I'm not being nearly manly enough <laughs> or I'm not, I am not being as brave. Or maybe you see something like, um, recognizing like when my, I remember years ago, you know, my husband going on like. A business trip, him having to be gone and me feeling like this is, I had the really hard part of this job, like right. being at home with all of the little kids at the yeah. time and like pregnant, I think, you know what I mean? It's just like that, like I uh-huh. feel breathless and tired and I'm all by myself and no one is coming after dinner to make things better for me. Right. Nobody's doing that. Poor me. And then, but you can very easily get caught up in that kind of a feeling not reflecting on would I like to have to spend the night in the Minneapolis airport? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, would I yeah. like to be sitting in one of those chairs at an airport 
not being at home. You know, it's right. like, here I am feeling like I got the worst part, but then again, I have my bed here. Like, then yeah. again, I have, you know, and it wasn't anyone rebuking me. It's a actual thought that comes into your mind. It's the Holy Spirit is what that is. Yes, but I mean, it wasn't like... It's like when something just washes over you in a convicting yeah. way. Like, yeah. it is the Holy Spirit. And you're like, okay, bad attitude. Yeah, and the thing is, I think our culture is <clears throat> diligently building up every kind of defense against Calluses. ever feeling conviction. Because there's always an excuse. There's always an out. There's always some, you know, reason there is not just, there's that a, you don't have to listen to that. That you shouldn't feel bad about yourself. There is a you cliche. There's up. a cliche response to everything. And if you, if you see any, like, like, um, you know, you have to put on your oxygen mask before you can help yeah. others. Like you need to, right. there are cliche responses or like, that's a toxic person. You should cut them out of your life. Right. You, you deserve better than that. And sometimes I wonder, do you? Do you? Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes I'm like, I kind of doubt it actually. Like, let's actually, I'm going to roll up the window because there's a, like a weird set of bugs happening. Oh, it's, it is kind of a, all right, there. A, a set. Problem You're reminding me solved. Of, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I think. I think that it's like, there's just automatic responses that is like, don't feel bad. It's not your fault. No, it's like, no one should ever have told you that. Introverts never are able to do that. Don't feel bad. If you have a sorry thing in your past, you're, you shouldn't have to be strong. Don't feel bad if you, because you're a woman. And so there's always some little, it's like, it's like a law. The law is something we feel naturally because we actually know God in our, like, you know, it's like we actually do know. We know that we're guilty. We know we're in sin. Like, and the world is in a constant state of trying to create loopholes for every law. So it's like, if you feel like, if you feel guilt, if you feel a weight of something, like for a Christian, that's not a problem. Like the Bible says, the Lord disciplines those he loves. Yeah. It's like assurance that you are a son, that but you the belong. Thing is, that is here's like, the deal. I think when we feel convicted of something or we feel guilty, we know what we're supposed to do with that. And that is hand it to Christ. Like right. ask for forgiveness. And then you don't have to carry around the weight of the guilt. But see, for the world, they've got nowhere to put it. So the only thing they can do is deny that it's happening. Right. And one of the amazing things about it is if you feel guilt or you feel something and you confess it and you do that, not only do you not have the guilt, you have you closer to God. Right. Like, so it's actually a very rewarding system. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not something that is like, oh, here's an invitation to a life where you just get beat up. It's like you get built up constantly. So, so the thing is, if you feel stung by something that you hear something in the sermon, something on the blog, you know, your pastor's blog, something on whatever, um, some book that you're reading, if you feel stung by it, then you really have to stop and process like, okay, why do I feel stung? Is it because he's being mean to me or is it because I have something to confess? And I think that that's where it's too easy for women, especially to say he's being mean to me. 
How dare you say that? Well, thing? the reason it's easy to say that is because someone will say it with you. There is always oh, there is always someone who will back up your side of the story. There will always be a there cheerleading are, no, squad. No, but there, the proverbs are rich with this about faithful are the wounds of a friend and profuse the kisses of the enemy. Yep. And if you ever feel like someone is falling all over themselves on you, you're so beautiful, you're so amazing, you're so talented, you're so all of these things. Like, say you said something on Facebook or you're, you know, whatever. And people are like, no, no, no. You're amazing. You're beautiful. It's like, what is that other than profuse kisses? Like, yeah. where it's like, it's so over the top, it's got to be fake. Well, there's like, a lot I'm of, not your hero. There's a lot of mutual... Everyone understands the unwritten law that is like, I'll like your Instagram post if you like mine. I'll tell you, you're gorgeous and hot. Right. You are so hot, woman. Can what is that about? and say, stop <laughs> doing that, everyone. I so stop. agree. Women, ah, shut up calling because, each other hot or no, because, sexy mama or growling no, at one another. No, put a little like flame, flame, flame. No. Like, stop I it now. Like, this is the worst thing I ever imagined oh. when that happens. It, because it's so weird. It's like... <laughs> I so it, agree. <laughs> I was like, and think about if your husband did that. If your husband posted a photo of himself, like, next to the car, and then got comments from all the other men in the church being like, like what a hunk. Oh, sexy man. <laughs> <laughs> Such a hunk. You look, you look really strong and amazing. You know, I wish like, my abs looked like, like this that. This is so horrifyingly dark. Like, <laughs> and the women, nonetheless, but do see, it. But lots of times, I am really curious what on earth because I feel like <laughs> there's a bizarro thing that happens on Christian social media. It gets Christians don't get it. Because Alma, I feel like the pagans. The guys will straight up just say that on the girls' post. Okay, I was saying the this. girls, uh, the Christian women, can't have the men doing it, so, so they, they just do it, do it to each, each other. other. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we I remember we were laughing about this with the modesty thing. Is that like Christians have a reason to want to hide the motives? Oh, and so, and big. so Christians Bury are like, the Christians are like the we don't want to talk about the motives. So what we're gonna do is I'm gonna try on a really immodest butt tight skirt that is way too short and then i'm going to ask my friends if it's flattering is it flattering does this flatter me is this flattering or do you think that this is you know like does this make me look okay right or something well a pagan would just be like does this make my butt look hot i mean like will this bring the guys over i use toned down language I, but my point is they all know that they're going on the prowl. They're all yes. talking about who will we lure in with this. No. And the Christians are like, no, no, it's just flattering. and It's flattering. And it I'm just going, shows your... I'm just going on the prowl, but no one's allowed but to no say one's allowed what to say. I'm doing. Well, in the pagan world, you just wear a hideous short, tight skirt and someone spanks your butt. <laughs> and in church, everybody has to pretend that they didn't notice. <laughs> and all these guys who are acting like they never even crossed their radar that you're doing this. And it's like, we're just hiding. It's exactly the same thing happening. We're just no. hiding. And it, it, it just think that that's a funny problem. No, it's you're a, like, it's why a hilarious can't you, problem. Why can't you just acknowledge what you're doing? Yeah. Because if you acknowledge it, you'd have to acknowledge it was also sin. Yeah. If and you say it out problem. loud, you're going to have to then stop doing and what you're, you're like, doing. And you're like, well, the pagans are they're all there to acknowledge it. Yeah, and the pagans don't have to try and hide their light under a bushel about what they're up to. 
to. They just <laughs> they just go forth and do it. So there's this really hilarious like and Christians like me too, me too, except for I would never have had that motive. And so then when Christians are doing it, they talk like it's a total mystery. Yes. Why anyone would ever no. do this. And then a pastor says something about it someone's and then like, everyone throws Someone's a like maybe hissy don't fit. maybe don't where are these things that are clearly designed to get and attention. Then it's and like, <gasps> how could you how say that? Could I would have done that. that. I just love myself in a very like I've always way. had. Do you remember that God horrible? made women beautiful, and we should rejoice in our beauty. Oh, and and so uh, if we can't help ourselves when we when we are wearing <laughs> tiny short skirts and low cut tops, like it's a complete mystery how this happened. <laughs> it's the only things that I could find at the store. <laughs> And then it's like, how dare these uptight Christians? I, I actually do think that this is connected with when you when you see a pastor who is trying to faithfully pastor and is fighting the good fight. It is not unlike the stupid fights you have with your own toddlers. <laughs> because sometimes, sometimes you are like, so I wasn't going to. I did not like put on my agenda. Have a showdown about the screen on the front door. <laughs> have, you know, about not pressing cheese into it. <laughs> like, like, I didn't, I didn't put that down. Like, as like, here's what I want to spend my months you, doing. You fighting with your, a toddler over On your this. nice little agenda. It goes under big goals. You're like, big dreams would be <laughs> wrangle with my toddler about the cheese in the screen. And you're like, you don't do that. But when your kid does something like that, if you're a parent, you have to reckon yeah, with it. You have exactly. to be like, okay, I'm going to tell you this was a no. Yeah. Like, and this is something that I want you to no longer do. Like, yeah. We're going to say no about that. I think that that's a bad idea. Yeah. And then and it's different because with a pastor, he might just say, so guys, this hot new trend in the church of smushing cheese through the screen door. I'd like us to stop that. And then everyone immediately is like, he is so petty. Legalist. Legalist. You're so petty. I can't believe that you don't want us to and do I love, And I love that then they start smushing cheese through the screen all over the place saying, I can't believe how much he cares about cheese on the screen. What is when his like, deal? When you're like, like, who's doing it? When you're like, who among us here is, is caught up on this subject the most? You're like, no. And I know it's like, <laughs> it's like if we would just go away from Who's this. unable and, to let it go? Right. Or if, <laughs> or if we could say, actually, I, I believe that the word of God says that cheese should be in the screen door. Then that's, even that is a different discussion. Yes, it is. That's a, and that's yeah. an, and cheese in the screen door, it's starting to fall apart here. But the, but the, <laughs> the metaphor being, if it's like, okay. Uh, like the pastor <laughs> is an authority, but he's not an absolute authority. No. And if it's something that the pastor's saying, you may not drink water or you may not yeah. do something like that. Well, that's something that, you know, like sure. there are kinds of things. There are legalistic there are, pastors. Yeah, there, there are, are power things that are yes, pastors out there. There are problems. But if you, but it's a discussion of, is this a legitimate use of your, you know, like, yeah. is this a legitimate thing to say this is not consistent with God's plan for how we right. behave? But Having the actual discussion about it is different than having a complete freak out that he dare bring the subject oh, up. Oh, yeah, because... Because be it's like, wait a minute. If you're the toddler who pushed the cheese through the screen, <laughs> who brought it up? Yeah. It wasn't him. <laughs> it was actually you. You know what I mean? Like, it's, Right. It's like... So, 
who is it that is responsible for the pettiness of the discussion? Exactly. <laughs> and and like, I love that it's always the people who, I'm who so are not petty, <laughs> who are acting like he's the petty one for talking well, about like, it. Or like the pastor is strangely fascinated with pettiness. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and it is actually true. They could be. But it is also true that I have seen pastors who are not, who are not really obsessed with pettiness no. have to get into the most petty petty discussions oh, with oh, people because it's like no and then and then we the one insist that, yeah. that we have a right to yeah. you know well, it was like Knox when he was a kid we had cotton balls in the bathroom and he exactly was he like was this, little yes. he was probably like three and he could not oh my word could not stop himself he had to get the cotton ball wet and then throw it at the ceiling and stick it on and I did not notice this until Giving one day. Giving that cotton ball enough heft yeah, to just to splat shoot. on there, yeah. and then it would dry and stay mm-hmm. up there. But once I went in, and it was like we had sort of pale blue walls, and there was like this white thing on the wall way up high. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's like a mushroom growing off my wall. And I'm thinking we have a weird fungus. And I look up at the ceiling, and it is like covered in bumps, white bumps that I had not seen before. And I was really sure that it was like tree mushrooms. <laughs> That were growing on my just cotton swabs. And anyway, then we we peel them all off, and it's like we have the talk. Knox, you need to not need to not do it. But he can't stop himself. It's like, and every so often I would look up again, and it's like there they are, and and they would blend enough that you didn't notice until you're looking for them. Anyway, but it's like yes. Actually, I love this because it is is totally like one day the pastor walks into the bathroom and is like. Is that something funny up there by the wall? <laughs> and then he's like, what? There's a ton of this in here. How did this get here? And then and then he has to say, it's like, it's like team meeting, guys. And then, and then I love not the idea the cotton no, balls. of having Knox be like, gosh, mom and dad care so much about cotton balls. They're so obsessed <laughs> They're with cotton balls. They're super obsessed. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Can't get enough of the cotton balls, mom and dad. <laughs> Oh, I think it's funny. funny. But, okay, so I would say when you are convicted, or sometimes I feel like I'm convicted of something, and it's more like, it's more like, okay, I just learned something. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, okay, further up, the older we get, further up and further in, God revealed something to me. And it's not so much conviction like, oh, my word. Like, I'm not, I don't tend towards introspection, so I want to say this for people who do, because there are women like that. When you are convicted of something and God's like, okay, directing your path, like... Just accept that in gratitude and don't make it all about like, like learning something new now is not the same thing as God despising all of your past efforts or like, this is not like a... No, because God is so kind to not reveal all of our faults to us at once, isn't he? Think of that. I mean, it's a slow release. Dark times. (laughs) Dark times. Yes. And, and that it's not about, it's not about like... I think I said this recently. Oh, it was in a webinar. So some of you probably were in there. But I, it was like our view of God is so weird if we think that we hate being convicted of something. Because we think God will judge us for that. Like we think that, great, now I'm in trouble for that too. Like, great, now I can't do sure. that too. And like what a weird view of God that is. Right. When you say, you know, the reality is we should be always like... Thank you, Lord. Like, I think I said something about this. Like, here I am, all this mess here. 
And it, our response to this kind of thing should be like, Lord, I'm so glad you're here. Come in. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, come in and help me fix things that I can't even. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm so thankful for your presence that you're coming. And not thinking that, no, I've got to clean this place up before God can come over. Right. Like, right. I can't let him come over. Um with us being in yeah. this current state. So yeah. one thing I would say is that to receive it as it is meant from God, which is tenderly leading you places, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, yeah. and notice like when that happens, I, I feel like it's a very personal relationship with God because you're like, Lord, I'm doing this because I was convicted of this. Like you often really feel very directly led. Yeah. Like very direct encouragement right after yeah. you have been obedient mm-hmm. and something you didn't want to be. Yeah. Very revealing a bigger. And oftentimes when you take that step that you didn't want to take, there are so many things you suddenly see on the other side. You know that what is I mean? my point. It just it's like opens you feel, up like, And you just oh, feel man. like God is so kind to do that because it's like that little act of obedience yeah. often just multiplies in this kindness being like love and kindness being bestowed on you yeah anyways that's a yes, yes. so do you have a recommend of anything because we're totally always oh, we, a lot um snap we did that again we do we keep on don't mm-hmm. we so we said we were going to talk about summer shoes oh my heavens i'm having such a thing about summer shoes right now i had a they're cute. Been, like, she has so them right now. I, well, see, what I was wanting, I wanted Hirachis for the summer, but I was already feeling a bit tenuous about that because it feels to me like a mom shoe from 1988. It is. And you just need a long rayon printed <sighs> dress or some... Uh, yeah, something like that. But see, I really wanted Hirachis, but I, last year, I should have, no, I shouldn't have bought them because they were stupidly expensive, but they were fries and they were gorgeous Hirachis. And then right. I, and then this year I was like, oh, I really want to get some just for summer, you know, something easy to throw on and stuff. I just bought a pair, but I hate the sole. The sole is not at on. all. So the sole see. is not the sole of a beautiful shoe. It's like a little molded rubber stupidness, but you know, the authentic Hirachis they make out of tractor tires, you know, the sole is made out of tires. So these are not quite that, but they are not a good soul, and that kind of hurts my feelings. So I'm not really sure if I can come to terms. Are you with sure these shoes. that they're made out of tires? The like the actual ones. If you buy the actual like Mexican hmm. ones, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. But so I have these. I have these I on, think and cute. I'm just I'm kind of having a bit of a crisis about it, but I'm wearing them. Because I, I was I was down to like virtually no shoes except my one pair yeah. of metallic silver leather <laughs> loafers, which really don't match anything. But I was wearing them with all things because that was basically my one pair of flat shoes that I because had. it's what you got. It's, anyway, you do what you got. So I am wearing some Hirachis with a bad sole. Mm-hmm. Why are we talking about this? Because I said give a recommend, but you didn't really plug those. Mm. <laughs> I'll let you know. They're, yeah, they actually. Uh, if I come to, I recently terms bought. Them. I bought some silly shoes for the summer, also. But see, you can recommend those. I can, but I'm not sure other people think I should. <laughs> I, I just like them. They're called Bernie Mev. They are shoes that are totally. It's woven elastic, and they totally. This is like a pair of kind of like ballet flats, but they totally look like loom potholders. They do. They look like something Speaking like of- Chloe maybe made them for me. 
But they're kind of groovy. I mean, they really I do really look like, like them. Powders. It's funny because they have a lot of spice to them, but they're very comfortable. And they're funny. They're really But it's kind of nice to have something, something to throw on that's not quite a flip-flop. I didn't want a flip-flop, but I also didn't want them to be too dressy. I do have a pair of Fry's um, ballet flats, like woven green leather ones that I do like. But they're but they would be odd with like a... They're just a little too dressy for right. like just shorts and a hoodie. You wouldn't yeah. throw that on. And yeah. this... I, well, I'm not going to be wearing these with shorts and a hoodie right <laughs> now either. I'm actually going to wear nothing with shorts and a hoodie right now. So that's all right. But I mean, there are things that the leather ones are too dressy yeah. for. Right. So these are very silly shoes. But I'll tell you that when I ordered them, I did not know that they had any metallic in them. Uh. From the photo, I didn't realize there was actually like sparkly. Met- there's like silver in the gray. Yeah. But turns out I still really like them. No, they're festive. I'm a big fan of them. Put a picture up of these. Yeah, they're, they're ridiculous. Elastic, which actually is kind of a cozy idea. They are, and because they're woven, they have like a memory foam sole. And I'm gonna just throw them in the washing machine because I think mm. that I can do. That. I think I'm gonna get these. I think what I'm gonna do is lay into them with a different color of of like shoe polish because like darker. Yeah, just a tiny bit more chestnut. If I could just get a. Mm. But you I know think what they are. Cute. Look at this. Look at this. I just bought this in Goodwill while I was waiting for you. Tell me oh, this yeah, is that's not hilarious. Good. That's really it's a It's a leather belt that has a trucker belt buckle. No, it doesn't. It has a service award for, uh, for a long haul trucker. Nice. And, but I'm going to take the buckle off. Achieved. It's a, it's one of these Becca, I embossed have a leather belts, I have but a I have a buckle too. And I've never gotten it on. But I have a, a buckle that I got at a yard sale with a big turquoise. Yeah. Uh, I mine's turquoise too. How funny. <gasps> But if you want a driver's service award for a long-haul trucker belt buckle, I can sport you one. But That's fun, though. I like but it. But I'm also like these little weird embossed eagles. I think I'm going to polish them a little darker, too, because I'm not, I'm not loving the, dar- the lighter eagle. But anyway, that's what I just bought at Goodwill. So basically, Becca needs some dark polish to polish I need polish some dark polish because I've got a few leather goods that I don't like the color. You know what works really well is Urad. Have you ever used Urad? No. Shoe polish? It's no. like a, it smells like sap or something. It's kind of awesome in its old schooliness, but it will, it would probably kind of darken it a yeah, little bit. Yeah, that'd be good. I need it to would it, but it wouldn't, it, it's not a color. Look at this. We went 45 minutes. We have got to Bunch like, of blabbers. All right, guys. All right. We, we're going to go talk more about important things yeah. without you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.